Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of K-Fabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and today I am joined once again by the king of frontside 180 kickflips. Is that what it was? That, 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 that you got it. You got it right, right, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's Mr. Wex breaking the loss, and uh, Wex, how are we living today? We're living good. Uh, my dog, Carl, just ran up beside me. He just uh, got some bread, I think, out of the trash. I don't know where that came from, but I didn't give it to him. Nice, Carl. I like that. Uh, yeah, living good. Drinking a, on a little bit of that uh, Rocks tequila there. Shout out Carolina. to Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Rock the Dwayne Johnson, whatever you want to call him. You know, living good. Uh, really excited for some wrestling. Dude, Dynamite this week. Popping. Rampage, uh, usually doing shit during Rampage, to be honest, but yeah, I'm, I'm still hyper yeah. AEW. Oh, yeah, there's always lots of good stuff in AEW. Also, too, I feel like their YouTube page does a really good job of like putting everything that you need to see to keep up with the storylines on their YouTube page. Oh, I yeah. try to watch the shows, but life is life, and it seems like everybody's having a hard time watching the shows if you look at the ratings. So, it doesn't mean we don't love the product, it just means that people have busy lives. BDR, um, baby. Yeah, baby. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, there's a lot going on. What else we got going on in current events? Let's just get right into it, man. Let's get into the meat and potatoes well, of the, uh, the speaking week. Speaking of uh, AEW, you know, one of their original women's signings, Big Swole, her contract is up and her and AEW have mutually decided not to renew it and she's going to go ahead and move on. She's had some health issues, some Crohn's disease flare-ups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a bummer. Yeah. And she was a cool wrestler and it sucks because, you know, she had that fucking main event match against Britt Baker. Thought she was... yeah. You know, I thought she could have a push. Yeah, yeah. And then I guess, you know, the medical stuff catches up with you like it does sometimes for some people, you know, that yeah. sucks, sucks for her. Uh, uh, you know, I hope she gets healthy and can come back, rest, come back to wrestling at some point soon. You know, her husband is Cedric Alexander, who is currently I did not know that. in the Hurt Business in WWE. So, you know, maybe she gets healthy. She could show up in WWE one day, but I don't know with their new policies and how they're booking shit. I don't know if it'd even be the right place for her, to be honest. I agree. I think there's a lot of opportunities out there for her. I think really what seems to make the most sense is that she would just take some time off. Um, and then if AEW is still interested afterwards, after she's healed up and feeling better and, um, you know, whatnot, then maybe they can go from there. Also, MLW is up and coming for sure. Be a great place to see the old big swole. Uh, what else we got in the news and notes, man? Uh, some kind of a uh, f- little bit funnier, weird news. Uh, AEW's new Elite number 92 series action figures line is coming out, and the there is literally only one person in the line that's still with the company right now. Oh, weird. You got you got a Ric Flair action figure coming out, a Bray Wyatt the Fiend action figure, an Adam Cole action figure, a Scarlet Bordeaux action figure, all coming out in this line. I think Rey Mysterio is like one of the like only pe- person still with the company who's in that like set of figures, which is insane to think about. It is crazy. Like, that's why I think like if they had the idea to make fucking action figures for these people, that was probably not in their initial plans to release them. I feel like it's just this crazy shakeup thing going on with WWE and Nick Khan. I think he's really fucking shit up over there, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, uh, the positive news in WWE. I don't know if you've heard about this, but John Moxley's um, rehab was paid for by WWE. Oh, well, that's Even cool. Even though he's under contract with AEW, they paid for his rehab. I'm not surprised. They have paid for rehab for lots yeah. and lots of different yeah. wrestlers who haven't yeah. wrestled for them in fucking years who have been yeah. just, like, really down on their luck. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I like, like that WWE does that. I don't know if that's a Vince McMahon call, but if it is, still pretty cool. Still yeah, it's a good cool look for them, for sure. Yeah, uh, 
Only things coming out, we got some, uh, you know, Johnny Gargano, Kyle O'Reilly got some contracts that are coming up very soon. We know Gargano yeah. actually signed an extension to go through, and ex- he signed an extension to wrestle through war games, kind of like how Adam Cole signed a little extension. So, I think he's going to show up on AEW. What do you think is going to happen with Gargano or O'Reilly? O'Reilly makes perfect sense. Yeah. He can fit. He can just literally plug right into a storyline easily, no problem. But I don't know yeah. about Gargano, like what they would do with him. I think Gargano is a uh, is impact if he if he leaves if he leaves I don't think he's gonna leave honestly I think he's gonna resign. Um, Candice is there. Candice's contract isn't up anytime soon. Um, yeah, she uh, I think she might have like another year or yeah. something like that on her. There's no so way. Like yeah. she's got yeah, a little so, bit. So it would make more, the most sense for him to just be like, look, like whenever my wife wife's expires, like let's just I'll just sign a new deal through then, and you pay me X amount, and I'll stay on NXT. Like I think that I think as long as he can negotiate where he can stay in NXT, he will stay. Now, if that's not on the table, uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I I but honestly, Gargano, I don't see him in AEW. It doesn't. It just they don't need him to be completely honest with you. Uh, and they're not WWE where they just sign him up because like that's not what they would do. Um, Kyle O'Reilly makes perfect sense. I mean, an undisputed era against the Elite at some point is going to be insanely awesome to see. Um, I know it'll it'll work out so easily and perfect. Like they literally would yeah. just bring him on in, and he own he is Kyle O'Reilly. That's not a WWE owned name, right? He just he just literally just plug him right on in there, and then even if they shook things up a bit and had one of and like maybe swapped it over where one went to the other side, you know, maybe just spice things up a bit here. But even if they had the original fucking teams, I think it'd be really solid. And that's really the only very popular news that's really happened in the past couple of days, you know. Raw viewership's always down. SmackDown viewership's always up. You know, classic yep. WWE shit. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Doesn't seem oh, like oh, much else. big, big news. Big, big news, which we need to mention on here, which is coming a little bit after, but our boy, the suplex assassin, Alex oh, Kane, yeah. Yeah. had a big, big title win over at MLW. The prophet Alex Kane, the man that just speaks his life into existence. <laughs> Alex kind of crazy. What t- what title is that? The open, the open weight. weight championship. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Nas- he, I believe it's the national open weight. National open weight. Yeah, and he was literally talking to us about you know how he could be competed for that title, and dude, he fucking has it now. Him and Calvin Tankman got a little and, few. Going I, on, I was about to say, I didn't I bring up? Wasn't I like, yo, you and yep. Calvin Tankman would be great? Like, I, come on, man. Like, guys, get dude, get on our tip, get on our level exactly. here. If you want to speak shit into fruition, come on, Kayfabe Comparisons, Andy Spotlight, and uh, we'll That's help right, you get you that little boost, baby. That's right. That's right. That's right. And with all that hypeness, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this show. Okay? I am super hype. Uh, today, we're doing two one-off, one-of-a-kind shows, two for very different reasons, both great and unique in their own right, to be completely honest. Um, the uh, the first one's going to be WWF this Tuesday in Texas, 1991. That one's going to be going up against WWECW's December to Dismember from 2006. Uh, dude, yeah, you guys strap in. And honestly, like before we get started, I want to go ahead and say like this is also a special one because this is probably one of, if not the very last shows that it's two nostalgia shows back to back. We got a whole nothing but new stuff on like the, the you know the next coming weeks and then the new year's here pretty soon. Um, so yeah, I mean we're still gonna have nostalgia shows against current product, of course, but two nostalgia shows at one time. Come on, Wix, what are you thinking, man? How are you feeling about it? Yeah, uh, I actually like that concept because you know it's kind of 
I wouldn't say it's boring per se, but you're when you're hype on like the style and the energy of the New Day product and you go back and watch something old, it's good to have that comparison. But when it's old versus old, usually and especially when it, like the years are close, it's kind of hard to really get into it. But I am super hyped and excited for this next set of shows. Yeah. And that's why it's cool that this last ever nostalgia versus nostalgia are two one-time only pay-per-views. Yeah. It's really cool. It's very cool, too, because we've got some awesome and surprisingly bad and surprisingly good stuff on both shows. So we're going to dive right in here. We're going to go all the way back to 1991. It's WWF this Tuesday in Texas. Uh, we opened up with Mean Gene kind of interviewing Paul Barry and The Undertaker, um, of course, talking about killing Hulkamania. Uh, and then we got Gorilla and Bobby on the call to open. And that's it just hits me right in the nostalgia feels every time. Um uh, it was it was great. Just great to hear both their voices. Great to just see them healthy and alive and well. Um, yeah, then the opening match here is Skinner versus Bret Hart for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. And you know what? I don't think Bret Hart was capable of having a bad match at this point in his career. Uh, and honestly, hats off to Skinner, too. Like, trash gimmick. and But the guy played a great heel. And, I mean, it's obviously a much slower pace than, like, more modern matches, but... It was great selling by both sides. Solid match, clean finish. I thought it was great. I thought this was surprisingly really, really good. I gave it four and a half beers. I was, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It was damn near a Matt classic. I, I mean, it, Skinner just shocked me. He was like, because he actually wrestled. You know what I mean? It wasn't like just some weird hillbilly brawler. Like, he he wrestled really well. Uh, what do you think about Skinner versus Bret Hart here, man? Yeah, I actually was very surprised and enjoyed this, and I like how you mentioned that he was not doing the brawling, he was doing the wrestling, and Brain kept hammering that in on commentary, like, oh, this guy can wrestle, oh, he can wrestle, and just kept hammering in, and he wasn't, he was going hold for hold with Bret Hart, even though, of course, Bret was, you know, doing his ass for most of the time, and then Skinner got a little comeback, so, you know, he's like the dom, he's the dominant babyface here, it wasn't like the desperate, I have to get my ass kicked the whole time babyface, but just like you said, Bret Hart is so smooth and fluid at this time in his career, and as long as he's working with someone who's at least decently capable, he's going to put on a good match. Yeah, it's totally. Fucking, it's the excellence of execution right here, dude. And I love at the very beginning of the match, Bret Hart, you know, gives his sunglasses to a little girl and Bobby the Brain Heenan calls her a fucking bimbo. Some oh, little like 14-year-old girl. He's like, look at this crazy bimbo. And I'm like, jeez, uh, all right then. But, you know, got to love the brain for his crazy shit right there. But I gave it 3.75 beers. I didn't go four and a half, almost went four beers. Thought it was pretty good, but compared to some of the other wrestling I've seen lately, I know it was a little. I, I can't. I can't rate it that high. That's compared fair. To some of these other crazy That's matches fair. that we've seen, but it was really still for a random ass 1991 Skinner versus Bret Hart, dude. Fucking killer. Yeah, killer match for sure. A killer match. Let's just keep it rolling here. Uh, we got Jake the Snake with a promo in the back with Sean Mooney, and it was amazing. Um, this is definitely one of the greatest angles of all time, especially in this era. Uh, it was a fantastic promo though. Just, just this promo itself was really, really great. And then Savage got his promo time and of course was just as good. Uh, and then the match here is Jake the snake versus Randy macho man, Savage. The crowd is electric for this angle from, from the jump. Uh, I mean, Jake pretty much kept them hot the whole time too. And it's definitely not like a steamboat Savage match, but it was quick and it served its purpose for the storyline. And then they go like right into even more of the angle. So it's like as a match, as a match, I gave it three beers right there in the middle, just as a bell to bell match. But as a package, like the, like, oh dude, with Jake slapped Elizabeth, like, oh my God, like, dude, like the edginess of this, like easily 
Easily six beers. Easily six beers. Like, the angle, six beers. The match, three. Where are you at on this whole Jake the Snake versus Macho Man thing? Dude, everything about this match. Like, the promos at the beginning, just like you said, Jake the Snake cut a classic Jake Roberts promo. And Macho Man cut a little bit different of a promo than you're used to. He, like, he, right. did, a lot of this. he did a lot of whisper and soft talking, but then he would get real hype again. He it was yeah. one of those up and downs, but you could tell how intense he was. And like he the fucking feather in his cowboy hat was popping me the whole time. It was just outrageous. Didn't need to be there, but it was great. And just like you said, the match wasn't like a Matt classic, but they kept hammering in because obviously this is the storyline where he gets bit by the cobra. So he has his arm wrapped up and the whole match. Jake the snake is just working on his fucking arm to the point where like he starts bleeding through the bandages. And, yeah. like, that was, like, 100% legit. He did get bit by the snake. Like, it's – they've talked yes. – Jake the Snake, Macho Man, they've all talked about it. It just was defanged and de-venom. And, actually, Jake had to let the snake bite him a few times before Macho Man would let it bite him. But, anyways, dude, the psychology, the storytelling in this match was just fucking – and, like you said, the post-match with the slap just – Oh, so good. So the, good. Like, the crowd energy was absolutely intense. Like, everything about this match, I agree – I actually gave it 3.5 for the match. Okay. And okay. of course, a six pack overall, if you include the promos, the angle, and it lasted for a minute and they kept it going through later. Like they interviewed Jake the Snake later again. Macho, like, I mean, right. This angle was the show. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they really played it up. Yeah. I fucking for sure. thought it was fantastic. This was a great, like, even though I was one years old, or, I wasn't even one years old. I was born in 1991. So I wasn't even a year old yet, but. God damn, I'm like the energy that there the crowd has there is equivalent to that attitude era energy, equivalent to that AEW energy. It's just that super crazy. The fan we're just it's so good there. We're just going fucking nuts and we love it. This this is goddamn pro wrestling right there. That angle, the story, everything about it. Yeah, I remember it vividly. I was very much alive and very much a fan at this point. It was like I was a kid, so this was like Hulkamania. Macho Man, like Macho Man was my favorite because I think this is the first angle that I remember seeing. I was like seven years old. So seven years old. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's like when I started, I started watching you know, Stone Cold when I was like eight years old. So, yeah, makes about sense. the same. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So after the match here, the post match is forever long, by the way. Uh, but that's kind of how you keep the angles going. It was great. The commentary was absolutely stellar. Like, oh, yes. I mean, just Dude. this is like iconic sports entertainment. You know what I mean? Like this is not pro wrestling. This is definitely sports entertainment, but this is how you do it really well. Like this is this was really really good, um, all the way around. Uh, I mean, even the promo after too, like it was just really great, man. Just really great. Uh, unfortunately, then we got the next match here, and it's called <laughs> it's the Warlord versus the British Bulldog. Um, yeah, I think the Warlord has this weirdest skull I've ever seen in my life, and dude is an absolute gas station for sure. God damn. Uh, I mean, they both are, really. I mean, it's definitely a big meaty men match for sure, and the match sucked, to be honest. Um, <laughs> the highlight was commentary for sure. Um, I mean, commentary was incredible the whole show, but they were just really funny. The full Nelson rest spot was forever long, and then it just kind of <sighs> ended, too. Like, there was no Hulk up and him getting out of it, and a come like... It just they just let it go just after literally just holding a full Nelson for oh a solid like four minutes or something like just just let it go. Uh, yeah, it was trash. It was really bad. Um, I gave it half a beer because the crowd somehow was into it. Dude. OK, my first note that I have for this thing and I've been tweeted about it. Warlord is just big for no reason. Yeah, he 
He can't fucking run. He's so like huh. robotic and awkward. His selling's weird. Like everything yeah. about it. And he's completely fucking bald, except for in this weird crease in the back of the head. He has a W in hair. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. And I was like, what? Just what the fuck is this person yeah. supposed to be? And I, uh, I remember Warlord with face paint and shit. So like I didn't I don't remember this version of Warlord, but this is he, he still sucks just like the other just like painted a Warlord. No paint Warlord sucks just as bad. Yeah. And yeah, the bear hug spot that was one of the fucking worst spots ever. Yeah. I was like, yeah, real fuck. It looks so unbelievable. Like yeah, even for a kid in the eighties, they were or even for a kid in nineteen ninety one, which was still pretty much the eighties, was just like. They had to be like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? I mean, this I remember I remember even being like seven years old and seeing like the boring parts and just being like, Okay, well, I'm gonna do something else until these guys aren't on the screen anymore. Yeah, like uh, I know you gave it half a beer, like I just didn't even write a rating down because it was just that bad. So yeah, oh, I gave dud? it a dud. Just okay, a dud. Dudski. Honestly, it's fair. Like from my opinion, definite dud. But the crowd was into it, so I gave it a And British it a Bulldog's hair after the match. Oh, Oh. <laughs> it was so fucked. It just looked he still had the braids in the back, but they came like, out I up felt, top. I felt like I felt racist with with him having that haircut. Like <laughs> it just feels we like wrong. Like I don't know. <laughs> like I felt dirty and racist at the same time. I don't even know why. But I know, I know just, exactly I, how you, it just made exactly me feel that mean. way. Uh, just um, look, yeah. Yeah, it was just not good. Not good at all. Um <laughs> Sean Mooney's in the back with Randy Savage after this, and Randy is, like, blaming himself for Miss Elizabeth. And also, this is, like, a Golden Globes award-winning performance from Macho Man. Just, I mean, amazing. Like, they keep the angle going. It's perfect. Anything about that promo that, that stood out to you? I mean, nothing in particular, but like we, like I said earlier, this whole show stretched out to keep that angle going. And like you said, one of the best fucking angles of all time. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, two of the best, totally two of the best wrestlers, two of my favorite wrestlers ever, too. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, like the, you know, this angle is pretty much the show. I mean, it really did what took. I mean, it took, it stole the show for sure. Um, yeah, and the next match here is the Million Dollar Man and the Repo Man versus Virgil and El Matador. Um, I mean, it's in San Antonio, so Tito is super over. The crowd was lit for the match for sure. Uh, Virgil and DiBiase like damn near blew the roof off the joint when like they were both in there, and that was cool. Uh, it's, I mean, you know, it's sports entertainment. It's definitely not wrestling. Um, but for what it was, it was significantly better than the last match. Um, the last match that we just talked about. Oh, yeah. So, um, I gave it two and two and a half beers. Yeah. So not even like a little bit below average, but not like the worst, uh, two and a half beers for me. I did not go quite two and a half. I went 1.75 beers on this. It was almost two beers for me, but this was like literally, like you said, sports entertainment. This was a 100% 80s WWF match. Yes. Even though it was taking place in 91, it was just that. Yeah. Just that fucking smosh play to the crowd. Like like you said, they pop super hard for Million Dollar Man and Virgil, which obviously they would for their story. Mm -hmm. Just It was just 80s fucking glamour glitz some good wrestling yeah, in the 92 the, like, is really when they switched to the next generation or the new generation too which that'll be cool to cover next year as well yeah and like this like you said it was more of that just no like there was a few little cool Tito santana had a few cool things here or there but like besides that it was just like punches like no, yeah. not really no one's really bumping here no few, yeah, yeah some but it's like you know that type yeah. of bullshit 100 80s to the t 1.75, almost two beers, but 
Do a little something extra for me. Get a, get a little color in. I might I might go two beers, two and a half. I gave it solid two and a half. I thought Virgil actually worked well. I feel like it's he's like a running meme. He's like a living meme at this point. But it's, I mean, it's in '91. Dude was over. I mean, he's hey. not lying. And red uh, sticks, baby. Yeah, uh, he wasn't bad. He wasn't bad actually, bell to bell. To be completely honest with you. Um, he's just funny. He's just a, he's just a classic carny guy. That's all he is. Yeah, that's straight up true. That's straight up true. Speaking of classic carny guys, we got a Hulk Hogan promo in the back. Um, and it's solid, but I mean, it's Hogan, you know, so, um, the match here is the undertaker versus Hulk Hogan. I dude, the number one thing that I noticed is how like loose the ropes were in this match. Did you notice oh, yeah. how like on like, but even, but for all, like not all the matches were like that though. Like, it wasn't like everything on the show had, like, loose ropes. Like, the Bret Hart match, they were not this loose. Like, I mean, you know I mean? They were, was their weight difference that significant that it was going to make them that much looser? No way. There's no way. There's they no way. They said he was over 300 pounds, and he's dead. So Is that what they said? Something like that. Yeah, that's true. He's dead. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a typical Hogan match, to be honest with you. Uh, Taker's in full-on character mode, and honestly, he's a rookie at this point. He did damn near break his neck, like, on a rope spot, though. Like, he went to oh, hit yeah. the ropes, and it just wasn't there, and he almost broke his neck, and that was awkward. Um, overall, lots of punches and kicks. Even Flair couldn't save this one. Um, yeah, Hogan gets the belt back, too, after, like, what, two days of dropping it? to Because isn't wasn't this a similar thing where Survivor Series was, like, the week prior? Something like that, yeah, and he just dropped it to him. Yeah, and in the match where Hogan alleges, not in this one, but the previous match, that when he gave him the tombstone, he he fucked up his neck. Yeah, he tells him that he fucked up his neck, and Hogan and Taker thought he fucked up his neck for years, but if you go back and watch the tape, his head goes nowhere near the mat. Yeah, <laughs> which is fucking hilarious. No, it is hilarious. It's funny. It's definitely funny for sure. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. I, I gave this one and a half beers. Uh, it was pretty bad, pretty bad to me. Just wasn't, wasn't very good. Uh, what'd you think about it? I gave it a little bit higher. I gave it two and a half beers. I mean, it had some <laughs> funny random spots in there. Like you said, Undertaker was full character. Like, yeah, he, you would, you would never do this these days. Like he was Hogan's hitting fucking gnarly moves. And every time he just slowly read like, Oh my God, he's getting back up. And I was just like, Oh, so I guess like I didn't watch undertaker in 91. So I didn't know that's exactly what he did. He just literally no sold everything and just kept getting no, yeah, back that's up. That's exactly what he did. He just straight up and, no sold everything. And then it was so like Hogan used a heel move to win the match. That really pissed me off. He got the urn and then hit through the dust in his eyes, then hit him with the urn. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's it like, is weird. Say your prayers and vitamins and you're over yeah, here doing no fucking dirty heel moves. Yeah, Hulk well, Hogan? That, didn't, that didn't work. Cheat to win. <laughs> Yeah, this ain't uh, NWO yet. We're not quite there. And I will say, Hulk Hogan gave his greatest best chair shot in the history of his career. That was the best when he hit Ric Flair with the chair. Yeah, that was good. That was the best chair shot he's ever given. Like, not even make, like making fun of him because we know Hulk Hogan he's notoriously so has the weakest chair shots ever. Yeah, he really but he, like, he gave him a good little smack. But even yeah. Ric Flair no-sold that shit because he was back up literally – <laughs> like two seconds, and oh, I was just Rick like, Flair. like what? And, and like, brain of commentary was like, what? I guess Ric Flair, uh, he's he's already back up there. And I was just like, fuck it, Ric Flair really does not like Hulk Hogan. He's like, fuck you, I'm gonna no oh, sell chair that's, shot. That's uh, that's great. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Uh, overall, this Tuesday in Texas, the coolest thing is easily uh, Jake the Snake and Macho Man. So uh, out of anything from this show, watch the match, watch the angle. It's incredible. It's worth watching for sure. Um. Yeah, overall though, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's a five-star angle. It's a legend, or it's a five or six-beer angle. It's a it's a legendary angle. Um, 
got to at least go middles, even yeah. though the rest of the matches were trash. I got to at least go at least three, maybe even three and a half, honestly. I'll say that. I'll agree with you right there in the middle because even though it was just one match, this is a pretty short show. It's only like a little bit over an hour and a half long, I want to say. Yeah. And that match takes up a good portion of it and the angle. So if like if you just watch all those parts and don't want to watch Sloppy Hogan versus Taker or the Repo Man, then, you know, you can have a good time just checking out old Jake the Snake and Macho Man. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm going to touch a little bit of like, you know. I just love how he goes from really love to really high again. <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff for sure. Uh, speaking of good stuff. Let's get into it, man. This is the uh, the main event of the evening, the, the big show that we're going to talk about. It's WWE CW's December to Dismember from 2006. It's one week after Survivor Series in 2006. Um, yeah, that's just wow. Um, yeah, that's insane. And it's the worst attended pay-per-view and the worst buy rate on any WWF pay-per-view yeah. ever. Yeah. As Daniel said, that makes sense because one week after fucking Survivor Series. Yeah. One week after think, Survivor Series, yeah. There's not really even any a lot of serious angles going on in ECW at this point either. Yeah, it like just started. And think about that. That's an old school pay-per-view days, way before the network. You're paying fucking full price for Survivor Series, and a week later you're going to pay for ECW show that's not even promoted. That on, The only match that was promoted was the main event, the Elimination Chamber. So I can definitely understand why people were like, yeah, fuck this shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. well, let's get into it. Um, the opening package I actually thought was pretty decent because production was great in 2006. The pyro was hyped, too. Uh, the opening match here is Eminem versus the Hardy Boys. Uh, and I thought this is a great way to start off the pay-per-view. I thought it was a great match, actually. It's definitely my match of the night, bar none. Like, it's, I mean, 100% match of the night. Yes. Um, really solid tag match. The crack whore chance for Molina sent me. I, I laughed heavily <laughs> at that. It was nice. Um, incredible, actually. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by this one, man. I thought the solid tempo, it all made sense. Commentary was absolutely incredible with Styles and Taz, too. Like, the commentary this whole show was like, yeah, there's like six people here, so it's really just going to be like Joey Styles and Taz just like hanging out like friends and just talking like friends. And that's exactly what it was. Like, Okay, felt- the way I can compare it, like, uh, to speak on that, it was AEW dark commentary throughout yes. this entire show. I was yes. just like, dude, listening to it every time Taz would make some fucking stupid Joker comment. I was like, this is God, this is AEW dark. That's exactly what he does on that show. Straight up. And honestly, like, I thought the ma- I thought the match was great. There were a couple awkward spots though, for sure, and it was probably a little bit too long. Uh, but overall, really good match. Four and a half beers. Okay. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Where you where you at on it? I did not go quite as high with you, but dude, you've been stingy I, with your beers lately, bro. You've been stingy I mean, with your beers. I'm just, I'm, not I'm just being telling that stingy. you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm drinking it like it is. If you know what I'm saying. All right, all right. But I mean, yeah, dude, very solid opening match and like some pretty good storytelling here too. You had Eminem trying to like do the Hardys moves on them, and then the Hardys finally hitting them and stuff. And we got a lot of corn esque braids in this match too. Yes. Very juggalo-ish yes. on both sides. Juggalo-ish, I love that. That's that's exactly the word I was looking for. Yeah, right there. But, dude, some sick double-team moves, some stuff from Eminem that I, I don't even ever remember seeing because I, I just don't remember them teaming that much because uh, they did not make that much of an impact on me as a wrestling fan. But they were doing some pretty sick shit out there. And, you know, the Hardys are always good. I went four beers. I didn't. I wasn't too stingy. I just didn't give that extra half a beer like you extended out. But the Hardy boys are nice. I'm, 
and it's weird. They said the Hardys on their nameplate, but the announcer said Team Extreme. You know, yeah, nice little nugget there. And like you said, the crack chord chance, the crowd is the crowd and the commentary is what made this show oh, amazing. enjoyable. Amazing, 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 amazing. Uh, and I don't honestly, I don't want to waste any more time with it. Let's get right into it for match number two because there really wasn't anything backstage in between here. Um, is what is that? A that's sell. Oh, that's right, sell. Yeah. Take a little shot of sell. A little shot of sell. I'll give you a shot of sells. Squirt. Hey now. Good okay. Shit. Yeah. So the next match on the card here is Matt Stryker versus Balls Mahoney. Um, man, the Stryker promo was so so bad. Like, he's so much better as a commentator, first of all. But, dude, the commentary just. Styles and Taz, just this whole match literally is what gave it one beer for me was just the commentary because they were absolutely shredding Balls Mahoney and Matt Stryker both. I mean, savagely, <laughs> like just sav. I mean, like I can't I can't even put it like go watch this match because yeah. it was trash. You could just like turn the picture off and listen to the audio. It's 10 out of 10 hilarious. I mean, like super funny, great stuff. Yeah. One whole beer just for the commentary because the match itself was a drizzling pile of shit. Um, where are you at on Matt Striker versus Balls Mahoney? I guess the commentary really hyped me up more than it should because I, I enjoyed this matching a little bit more than I should, and I gave it two and a half beers. Wow, okay. And really, it was purely because of the commentary, and I guess the action was working well with yeah. it because, dude, they were sh- like just talking shit the whole time. Like yeah. they kept trying to put over, oh, like you know, Balls Mahoney. He does have some mat wrestling skills. He can wrestle on the mat. That was really the story they were trying to tell. Like, can he survive Striker's rules? But Striker was breaking all of his rules, which is dumb. And at one point, Striker like went in the corner and did- oh shit, I just knocked my mic over. I tried to do the motion, but Striker for some reason did the tag motion, like in the oh, corner for no God. reason. And, and then Taz goes. Why the hell is he doing the tag motion? This is a singles match here. Oh, my God. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? And they were talking about Balls Mahoney's gear. They're like, no, he chose to dress like that. That's He chose to wear that. <laughs> and he's it's like, so and good. Like, they were ragging on his name, being Balls, and just ragging him. It's just good shit. Really funny. Just like just like Daniel said, very funny. And Stryker, that's, I literally have that same, the exact same note. Stryker fucking sucks as a wrestler way better on commentary. Like, significantly better. And honestly, I feel like he gets a... He doesn't get enough credit on commentary. I think he's actually a really good commentator. Um, yeah, I think he does like, a great dude, job he, for Impact. Lucha now. Underground, dude, Lucha Underground, he was yes. really good. That's where he, I think agreed. he developed his chops, you know. Agreed. Agreed. Agreed fully. Uh, after this match, however, we do get a backstage segment. It's Sabu kind of being taken out in the back. And the crowd is not happy. And I feel like this is kind of where they start to really turn. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, because obviously it's like a production thing. And honestly, like the smaller the crowd, the more vile and like nasty and immature they can be because it's not there's less kids. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just. Uh, yeah, they definitely booed and it was it was it was rough. Um, the next match on the card here is Elijah Burke and Sylvester Turkey or Turkai. <laughs> Sylvester Ooh, I don't Turkai remember fucking at, at all, all at all. Versus the FBI. Um, it's not as bad as the striker match, I thought. But it's definitely not much better. Um, obviously, the Pope is Burke. And I love that they're already, like, chanting TNA at him. And he hadn't even been to TNA yet. Uh, that, to me, was hilarious. Because I feel like 
that's where he ends up. And that's funny. Um, yeah, man. I mean, first of all, putting Burke and Turkai over the FBI at an ECW show totally sucks. Uh, Bill to Bill wasn't bad, though, for what it was. I gave it another one beer for me. Um, where are you at on this tag team match? I was a little bit more generous. I was just a little bit, bit more generous. Not much. I went two beers on this one, so I enjoyed it a little less than the balls Mahoney match. If, if that even, uh, makes any sense. Cause I mean, the commentary wasn't particularly funny on this one. And I feel like Turkey and Burke were just like a random ass thrown together team yeah, up, beating yeah. the established eat like, fuck, I can't talk right now beating the established real ECW tag team. And like, I don't, how long did Mama Luke and Guido actually tag in WWE? Because I don't remember that tag team lasting for like that long. And they were like, uh, I think it was, I think it was about a year. I think it really well, was. I mean, about they, a year. and they were solid as a team. Like they worked great together. Like there was some good, nice double team moves. And I mean, there was some decent stuff from Turkai and Berg that just don't really fit together as a tag team. And I hate those yeah. random thrown together teams. Like, right. No, no, the gear doesn't match. There's like yeah. nothing that makes them a team besides they're coming out together. And dude, and the reason they started chanting TNA because they did the stroke and the muscle buster. Oh, and yeah, 2006 yeah, 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 is yeah, when yeah, TNA yeah. was because uh, actually the first match of the night was like the tag team open challenge. The Hardys said anybody could do it. And then we watched the pay-per-view, the TNA one where remember uh, Kip James and, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. the v- Voodoo James Kim Mafia. Voodoo remember Kim they came Mafia. out and yeah. they were like, you know, we're we're going to take the, you know, because remember they were trying to like talk shit to WWE and WWE no sold it. We covered a few of those pay-per-views where they yeah. were like doing that yeah. shit. So this is that same, this is that angle yeah. playing out basically, which is fucking crazy. But yeah, they were chanting TNA. They were doing, people knew about the stroke and the muscle buster. And then they were like, did you see the commentary part of the end? He was just like, so what's that move? And he's like, he's like, I think, I believe it's called the muscle buster test. He's like, yeah, I know what it is. I was just being sarcastic. <laughs> I was just like, what? It's like what y'all are just fucking being ridiculous in there. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Which was great. I love which it. it made me like, all right, like, even though the what I've seen has been pretty shitty so far, what I'm hearing is great. So I'm I'm a commentary mark, so it was good. Yeah, straight up. Straight up. Uh, the next match on the card is Davari versus Tommy Dreamer. Uh, before that happens, though, Sabu gets taken away in an ambulance, and it's official that he's out of the match, and then the crowd is just... The bullshit chants are overwhelming. Um, yeah, that was a bad move on the booking committee, for, for sure, but... Uh, yeah, the next, the next match here is Davari versus Tommy Dreamer. The crowd is so dead at this point too, because of that. Um, and I can't imagine a scenario where Davari versus Dreamer is a pay-per-view material match. Um, and it just wasn't, uh, I'm not even sure if it was a velocity material match to be honest. With you. <laughs> um, it wasn't, it just wasn't good. Um, it was like a basic TV match with the heel cheating to win. And it was just real bad. And the crowd was hated it. Um, yeah, I mean, I gave it a half a beer because I feel like the guys did try to work hard, uh, but that was it. I gave it half a beer. Where are you at on it? Man, this was pretty atrocious. Yeah. I only gave it a quarter of a beer. Wow. That's and fair. I thought it was pretty fucking ridiculous. Tommy Dreamer fucking lost to a fucking roll up, grab the tights, in like what was such a random shitty match. And... Uh, uh, Davari with the great Kali and the great Kali gets ejected. It was like a fucking, it was a, it was like a house show match. Yeah, it was like, like a it, house show it match. wasn't even a velocity match. It was a fucking house show match. It was a sh- shitty match with a shitty finish. 
And a uh, couple nice little tidbits in this match, which I laughed hard about. At the beginning of this match, before it started, it showed commentary talking. And there's a guy behind commentary on the barricade like this, laid up with his eyes closed, basically sleeping because the show has been that shitty. Yeah. Dude's falling asleep behind commentary. And the post-match thing was really fucking lame. The great Kali came out and gave him like a gave Tommy Dreamer basically like a choke slam or something, a power bomb. I can't remember. But he slammed him hard onto the grate. And yeah, that bump was mil- worth a beer. And they like- milked it for fucking like way too long. And then as they did that, you can hear this guy audible on uh like a guy in the crowd who goes, This is an extreme, this is entertainment. Oh and it's my god. So audible. And I was just like, what? Just people are pissed at this point. Yeah. They sold it super hard. And then Tommy Dreamer, you know, fights up to his feet and walks out. And the people, you know, cheer for him. Oh, it's our our fucking hero, Tommy Dreamer. But yeah, that match was balls, like balls, Mahoney. It was trash. I gave it a quarter of a beer. Don't it waste your time. Trash. Don't it was trash for sure. Uh, we get another segment in the back where Heyman gives hardcore Holly Sabu's spot because that's what all the people in the arena want to see. They don't want to see Sabu. They want to see hardcore Holly. We want to see spark sense. plug in there, baby. Yeah, let's get a little sparky in there, a little sparky plug. Um, yeah, rough. And then the next match here is rougher probably. It's Mike Knox and Kelly Kelly versus Kevin Thorne and Ariel. Uh, commentary is fucking hilarious, and that's what I for sure. Um, another one, like, just definitely listen to this one for sure. Um, and I know I keep bringing it up, um, but it's like they're completely like just free to kind of talk to each other on commentary. You know what I mean? Like that's the, like it's, it feels like they're not being produced at all. No, um, no, there's there's no way in hell Vince is producing them on yeah, this because yeah. they are saying what the fuck ever they want to say. Oh, uh, it's yeah. Ariel's whole ass is out during the entire match. Dude. Uh, and it's rough, man. I mean, good Lord. So much cheeks in there um yeah man uh then mike knox just kind of ditches kelly and the crowd pops which is hilarious to me uh yeah then ariel drops kelly for the win it's yeah um i didn't even know how to rate this i don't even think i wrote anything down for rating so um, you did, so you pulled what I did for the British Bulldog yeah. and Warlord. You didn't even know yeah. what to say. Yeah, it's a dud. It's a dud. at least a dud. At least it's not a negative beer match for me. Okay, well I did not give it a dud. Commentary at least saved it and gave me one beer. And goddamn, just like you said, all this match was was just Ariel their ass out. It was out the entire match. That's the only thing the crowd even popped for besides Mike Knox leaving was her doing the little leg choke thing. Yeah. And then they go, one more time. One. You only ever hear one more time when someone goes through like a fucking table or something, not for a leg choke in the fucking corner. Yeah. thought that was pretty outrageous. And yeah. did you know that this was Kelly Kelly's day in-ring debut match? That makes sense. And I mean, honestly, she got a lot better. Yeah. I mean, like, she really got a lot, lot better from this because this was like. Yeah, this is garbage. I mean, her you selling can't, was horrible. There's, only, there's nowhere else to go but up from here. Yeah. Like, I mean, her selling was horrible. Like fuck. everything about this is hor- like there's no offense, and like this, like Kevin Thornton was basically a Blade Three vampire, like a techno oh, vampire. It was, it was horrible. Yeah. Like the gimmick was fucking horrible, and then Ariel's ass is out. But Kelly Kelly, they kept saying was an exhibitionist. So, yeah, Kelly Kelly still- looking like she's on like the American Eagle bikini edition from like 2006. I just wrote commentary is hilarious, but this match isn't very fun at all. Like, no. And Mike Knox, like, 
Poor Mike what the Knox. Fuck ever happened to Mike Knox after that? I think he was in TNA for a while, right? Who cares? Let's keep it going. <laughs> uh, the Sandman gets his spot in and comes out to beat oh, yeah. up somebody. The crowd pops for that, and honestly, that's the best possible way to use Sandman. Just give him an entrance, let him hit somebody with a cane, and that's it. Because his matches are the drizzling shits. So I'm glad I didn't get to have to watch a Sandman honestly, match. Dude, it would have been. I would have rather have seen Sandman in that in the spot of like Davari. Anybody yeah. else? Sandman yeah. beating the shit out of Tommy Dreamer with a fucking Singapore yeah. cane would have been great. I would have loved yeah. to see that. I agree. Yeah, it's always good. They got some bullshit. And totally. Sandman busted himself open with the beer, of course. And he was almost wearing like Jinkos. They were like semi Jinkos, but like a semi-jinkos? few notches down from Jinkos. <laughs> like I mean, they were pretty big, pretty big semi Jinkos at the time. Yeah, semi Jinks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know them semi Jinks. That's what we call them back in the hood. Um, yeah. So we got a promo from Lashley, too, and then a package for the main event. Um, yeah. I mean, the main event here is Big Show versus CM Punk versus Test versus Lashley versus Hardcore Holly versus RVD. I didn't hate the match, man. I really didn't hate the match. Um, it just it's almost like the first half of the match was great. And then once the elimination started happening, they were just like, oh, we can just like go home now. Right. Like we're all done. And so they just all, like it just in like it felt like the match started off pretty solid. And then like it just got like it's like three or four guys all got eliminated in like two minutes. And then I don't know. It just lastly just beat the shit out of test. And then I don't know. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Um, I went, but I honestly went right in the middle. I expected to hate this, and I didn't hate it. I went, so I went three beers on it. Where are you at on it? I hated it. I didn't hate it. I was not I a fan it. of this match. Pretty much, once RVD and CM Punk got eliminated, it just turned to shit because no one gave a fuck anymore. Yeah. And the people who did give a fuck and were trying, I mean, Test tried, but I mean, it's Test. Right. I mean, Test jumped off the fucking top of the pod, which was insane to me. I did not expect that. Yeah, that elbow drop was sick for sure. And That's then, like his then, highlight. But like then as soon as RVD got eliminated, the crowd just got nuclear. They went from dead to nuclear. It just. <laughs> what this is. This, OK, the saddest thing about all this to me is I genuinely believe that Andrew Martin's career highlight happened at WWE CW's December to dismember. Because I think him jumping off that pod and nailing that that elbow drop because it was pretty and eliminating it, RVD. Highlight of his highlight of his life, probably. Like the highlight former ECW life. champion, well, the heart and he did, soul he of did, ECW. He did date Stacey Keeler for a while, so definitely not the highlight of his life, but uh, highlight of his wrestling career. Yeah, and Kelly Kelly, I think too. He had Stephanie McMahon also, right? Uh, or was that just storyline? I think that was just kayfabe. I could be wrong, but I think it was just kayfabe. Well, even if it wasn't kayfabe, yeah, that is definitely true. Test had the fucking pinnacle highlight of his career at WWECW. And I really hated the bullshit with Heyman's goons and really just seriously, when CM Punk went out, I was like, and even though when CM Punk got eliminated, the crowd, like it was like split. Cause they were like, yay for RVD, but they didn't want CM Punk to go out. Right. Yeah. Cause he was still, I mean, they had some CM Punk chants in this show. That's like probably the birth of the CM Punk, like the full arena chants like that. Yeah. I would, I would, I would argue that's probably true. Uh, yeah, dude, I just I gave it a beer. I was very oh, pissed wow. off. And then by the time the big show got in there, it was just trash. Like the big it's show didn't trash. give the big show was so fat, out of shape, and just 
just a piece of shit at this point. Oh, just, my uh, God. No, the big show. This is the oh, worst he ever looked in his career. It was the worst. He was just huge. He'll even admit he was just smoking cigarettes, eating lots of food at this point. He was just. It was, this is the worst smoking look Big Show ever had. Eating lots of food. Those are qualifications to make you a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, not a like a piece of shit like human, just like a piece of shit body for a wrestler at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. I know he what you're saying. To, and he got he got himself in better shape. And it's funny because, yeah, it's just this is such a weird ass show to me. Hilarious. CM Punk coming out to fucking kill switch engage, which is still weird. This is before cult the personality. And yeah, that kill switch engage fucking song sucks. I don't like it. Yeah, when I'm heard, not. Uh... When I heard it, I was just like, oh, yeah, I remember that song, but it's not good. I, don't I hate, hate it. I don't know. I'm one of those guys. I don't like the songs that go from like metal to emo. Like, I, you want you got to stick with one or the stick other. Stick with one or the other. Exactly. <laughs> stay full emo or stay metal. Because it's like, then it goes in my, you know, it gets all, it gets all emo. I don't know yeah. how it goes, but you, you know what I'm talking about. You gotta, you can't mix that together. Just like rap and rock don't really mix together unless it's Public Enemy and Anthrax. But besides, yeah, that, I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you here, man. I do think that emo and metal mix really well together if the band is good. Uh, and I think Killswitch is a great band. So, yeah. We have I think completely different music tastes, so uh, yeah, I can understand I, why. Yeah. Uh, That's true. That's true. We have very different tastes. And honestly, I think, like, if I have to pick two shows... Okay, okay, it's this is weird. Uh, this is gonna, I know it sounds weird before it even comes out of my mouth, but, like, I think this Tuesday in Texas was a better show. But for some reason, I, like, I think December to Dismember wins. I don't know why, but that's, that's what I, how I feel. Because... If you want to go for pure entertainment value, yeah, you really have that so. one angle in that one match on this Tuesday in Texas. But if you want to just laugh, have a good time, kind of like Mystery Science Theater 3000 type beat yeah. where you just yeah. can watch it, enjoy that it, one. make fun of it. This is that show. The yeah. commentary is unique. You're never going to oh, hear commentary great. like that on any other WWE show period in the history of their company. Yeah, It's a gym. It's definitely a gym. It's hated, but it's hated for... I guess it's hated for the right reasons, but it's not loved for the right reasons because not that's some gold commentary yeah. right there. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's really good commentary for sure. Um, so I think, you know, it's only fitting that one of our last, if not our last nostalgia on nostalgia episode ends with the show that wasn't as good. Um, <laughs> I think the <laughs> one that wins the game baby comparison is the worst show. But if I had to watch one of the two again, it's probably going to be December to Dismember. Yes. Um, yeah. So that being said, let's move on here. Uh, what do we have? What do we have coming up now? Uh, what do we have? Do we have Rampage predictions? Do we have do we have a card for Rampage here? Does Rampage even have a card yet? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you're the AEW guy, Wex. But shit. Technically, on the date that we're recording this, I don't know if that uh, card will be quite fully fleshed out as of yet. But I'll take a peek. doing some 1992 stuff because yes. because I have the full WWF magazine subscription for 1992. So I'll be able to read what the WWF magazine was saying about the events that we cover from 1992, which is exciting. Okay, let's see. Let's see what we got for the cord. December 3rd, 2021. Nothing announced yet. Oh, we have 
our first prediction. So we have t- a TNT championship match. Ooh. Sammy Guevara versus Tony Nice. Which, okay. I mean, that's going to be a good match. I know because yeah. they're both great, but I'm, we're going to go Sammy, right? Uh, I'm going def- Sammy. Definitely. Yeah, there's no, no doubt there. Okay. AEW World Tag Team Championship match. Two out of three falls. Lucha Bros versus FTR. Ooh. They're stacking this card. They're like, our ratings have been down. We got to stack this bitch because I'm going to watch it now. I'm definitely watching that shit. Either it's DV or the next morning or that night. I'm watching it. Ooh. Yeah, you know, and there's reportedly heat on the Lucha Bros backstage, too. So, well, I heard that that heat wasn't as intense as people as hot. Basically, it was kind of overdone. And yeah, I think it's it's kind of been squared away. It's not residual better. heat. It was just like there was heat that night and that's it. Type yeah, thing. people were just like, yo. And then yeah. he was just like, hey, I didn't know, man. Yeah. But in Spanish, but I can't speak Spanish that well. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Tope so, Suicida. Okay, well, if that's all we got, I mean, we're both I'm going with FTR. I'm, I don't want to go with FTR, but I, I really think they can... I really all think right. that... Because they're such a good tag team. The first two-time AEW tag team champions makes sense. But I also love Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix. Now's not the time. Now's not the time. So I'm going to go what? Lucha Bros. I'm going to go Lucha Bros. So that way we'll have a different one. Okay, so and that's discuss. the only two official matches that have been announced for it so far. Unless well, something's unless something's on Twitter like now that's been announced for Friday, since technically we are 42 minutes into Dynamite. We are. So I don't know if anything's been announced as of now. I'm trying to pull up the old Twitter machine and see if I've missed anything. Is there anything in the trendings? See, nothing. Anything ready for Rampage? I don't think so. I do just want to say uh, we want to wish uh, Jim Ross the best wishes, the best thoughts, and Daniel's probably got some nice good prayers for him too because he's yeah. still, he's battling with that cancer, and I don't think he's going to be on commentary tonight. Mm. Okay. And somebody's going to fill in for him. I will throw a prayer to Big Pop Pop upstairs, and I'll make sure that... Uh, yeah, we wish you nothing but the best good old JR. Yeah, I think... Oh, Hangman Adam Page is going to be taking his spot tonight, the world champion. Oh, cool. So, Cowboy nice. filling in for a Cowboy. It'll be a nice little replacement for tonight. Uh, we love you, JR. You're one of our favorites, you know. I'm a commentary boy, commentary mark, and I you know, always kept a Jim Ross card in my wallet for every single time I did commentary. Solid. A WCW one, right? Yeah, I got it right back there on Same the shelf. Yes, that exists. I have that one as well. I have lots of WCWs, but we love you, JR. We wish you nothing but the best. We hope you get better. Yeah, but a good show. Nice it has comparison. Been a good show. It's been a good, I'm great comparison. To, uh, more week. AEW stuff coming up soon, definitely. Dude, next week is going to be a fun one, too. We are doing uh, NXT War Games, um, and that's going to be going up against Vengeance 2001. So I know it's one of Wex's uh, favorites from back in the day. And honestly, you know, I've been, I've been. I've been I've been watching any of the actual shows, but I've been keeping up with the storylines, uh, and I'm pretty hype about NXT War Games. I like the idea of the black and gold brand versus the 2.0 kids. I like that vibe of it. Um, I really hope. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't really honestly know what I hope, but I, I'm I'm excited to see what happens there. I'm excited to see what's going on with NXT. I really want it to be good. Um, yeah, Vengeance 01 versus NXT War Games. Um, and then two weeks from now, we have a Ring of Honor's final battle 
or final like or battle final pay-per-view final battle final pay-per-view final battle which is a, a pay-per-view they do normally every year but this is gonna be the final final battle i'm guessing unless some crazy right. shit happens next year that we're not expecting but even if it does it's not really gonna be true ring of honor so this is truly the final final battle yep and we have that one going up against armageddon from 2006 so exciting to talk about which uh yeah armageddon 2006 i uh was doing a little research going up for that one and that has another eminem versus the hardys match a ladder match that has a very infamous spot if you know what i'm talking about i'm excited about that one that's gonna be a good one that's gonna be a good one um and i just lied to all of you because there is one more double nostalgia show we have been talking a lot about WCW 1996, and we've also been covering a lot of WWE from 2006. So this is going to kind of wrap up both of those storylines, um, and this will be right before Christmas. It'll be Starcade 1996 versus Survivor Series 06. Um, so that one's going to be cool. Um, I'm pretty excited to kind of wrap That's up. That's literally the pay-per-view right before December to Dismember. Yeah. So yeah. we'll get to see what led into the debacle of EC Dub. Yeah, and then also, you know, we've been we've covered a lot of those '96 WCW pay-per-views, so it'll be good to like get, you know, Starcade is supposed to be their, um, you know, their WrestleMania or one of their bigger shows. So I'm excited about it for sure. Uh, and then the very last show of the year will be a kind of an end of the year recap, and then we'll probably give you a little season four previews, uh, break down some stuff. Maybe we might even have the Cage Cast on and kind of get him involved a little bit more. Um, I'm excited about it, man. Maybe some more. Indie spotlights? Maybe so. Oh, definitely more indie spotlights coming in 2022. No doubt about that. Maybe some... I want to do a couple new format things, too. You know, just like yeah, maybe old some brand new ideas. tens, our favorite yes, this and tens. that. Yeah, it's been oh, a while. I, I kind of like the interaction. Down. I like to hear what the other wrestling fans are saying. You know, what's your favorite... Totally true. This yeah. and that. Shows, that wrestlers, sure, yeah. storylines. You know, we can go on and on for pro wrestling, baby. I agree. We can start doing power rankings, too. Like oh, who people yeah. think of the top ten, we could start covering the current events. Uh, oh yeah, and judging by the KFA crew, the last show of the year, that's kind of be that's gonna kind of be our first kind of dabble with that. We're gonna do like year end rewards, our favorite yeah. this and that uh-huh. yep. of kayfabe comparisons, and that's kind kind of be a little format set up for us. And we're really excited, looking forward to it. You know, rank some of our top. All the wrestlers, indies, AEW, WWE, Impact, all of our favorite promotions we like to cover on here, GC Dub here and there. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely want to start incorporating all of it too, man. More NWA, more Impact, more GCW, all that kind of stuff. Season four is going to look wrestling. bright. 2022 is going to be bright. Me and Wex breaking the loss and always coming at you. You can always find me at Daniel Daybreak everywhere. Uh, Facebook is just Daniel John Schaefer. Um, yeah, you can always find the show at kfabe.com everywhere. Um, kfabe comparisons on YouTube and also just on Facebook as well. Uh, and if you're on the Tiki Talk, kfabe.com pod. And, uh, yeah, go hit the subscribe button and follow us and all that good stuff. Um, especially on YouTube, we're going to be a little more active there as well. Wex, where can people find you? You can find your boy Wex, of course, at Wex Breaking the Lawson on pretty much all your social media platforms. And of course, yeah, KFAB comparisons. We're gonna try to get at least a little, at least one to two videos up a week, maybe more than that. No, we're gonna have some, our, at least our weekly news video, our weekly roundup video. Yeah. We're gonna try to get more active, and maybe some non-podcast videos, maybe just some other random fun wrestling shit here and out and about in the streets, or just Good random stuff. fun shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hyped for it. I am hyped for it. 
I'm gonna get me a new camera. Get a new camera after the new year. Get that a uh, tax check. Get a new camera. Get it all. Get get a good going. You know what I'm talking about, baby. Get that tax get, money. Get a, get a good going. <laughs> yeah, if you're in Tennessee, you're gonna get that tax money. You know what I'm talking about, baby. Oh my goodness. Well, that's gonna do it for us this week. We will see you guys back next week. We're out. Peace out.